You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. And welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. This is episode four. Uh, I have Jake with me here. We are we were expecting Joe Mail, Joe M, to join us today, but he had a uh, an emergency to deal with at work and could not join us tonight. And Jake and I are extremely upset that the cute beetle would not be able to join us. Very, very melancholy. <laughs> In the infinite sadness. Yes. Well, uh, right now the Indians and the and the Bo Sox are playing. Uh, my Jets have suffered their. Sixth defeat in seven games, and like Jake's wife, I'm sure, uh, if you could leave them, you would. Uh, <laughs> the Jets are just abysmal, and I'd love to switch teams. So if anybody out there is uh, looking for a new fan, uh, I, I, I can be bought. You know, on the other hand, though, they have been a loser practically all your life, so you should be used to it by now. You know, if only I was alive during the time of Joe and Joe, I mean... Mr. Namath, the, the last I've seen of him, he was trying to make out with Susie Colbert on national television. Uh, now, you're talking about, wait, 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 you're talking about former Alabama phenom Joe Willie Namath. I, I cannot stand for that kind of talk. Let me tell you Joe, something. He got a good look at Susie Colbert's ass that night on Monday Night Football. <laughs> we all make mistakes. We've all been there before. We've all gotten completely trashed on national television. It's no big deal. No big on, whoop. Look it up on YouTube. That is the funniest clip I've ever. I want to kiss you. <laughs> uh, poor Joe Willie. Why you got to pick on Joe Willie? All right, like all right, all right. So, okay, so to the task at hand, right? The the podcast. It is the off season. It doesn't mean we don't have shit to talk about. So, uh, one thing, Jake, I know you wanted to talk about was the popularity of the Lily White Session songs from 2000 and, and where they've come uh, up until now in 2007. Yeah, yeah, Matt. And, and one of the things I think it's it's most interesting about that is if you think about it, you could make the argument that the most popular album by DMB is the Lily White Sessions. And that's really the one that fans like. And still, when people are going to see concerts now, that's the songs they still want to hear. Although, you know, some of them have changed greatly from those sessions. But, you know, Gray Street is still played a lot. Bartender still played a lot. And people still are pining to hear Raven and hear Big Eyed Fish. And, boy, you know, we'd all love to hear Monkey Man pop up here and there. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Uh, it's funny, Steve Lubdell asked me, because uh, we had mentioned, or I had mentioned last time, that before these crowded streets is, is kind of my benchmark in terms of where I want the band to be. And, and Steve said in an email, you know, he, he listened to what we were talking about, and he was concerned that, you know, what is it? Do you want it? He asked me, do you just want to hear the band put out album after album of songs that sound like before these crowded streets? Or, you know, do you want them to just put out that kind of feel? And I mean, obviously, I don't want the band to stay in the same place musically. Uh, I don't know if it's that album that I love so much or just the fact that where the band was at that time that I'd love to hear them, that not necessarily the style, but the fact that they were so experimental and willing to change and really go out on a limb on a studio level. Um, Boy, if you listen to Rapunzel and right at the end of that, where everybody in the entire band is going absolutely sick. They're going nuts. And then they wrap it up, and it's end, and, and they must have all just looked at each other and said, what the hell just happened? I, I don't know if I've ever heard that in another song uh, other than off that album after that. I don't think they've ever been blown away by a studio recording like that. And and I, not to beat a dead horse, I think that's something that Steve Lillywhite can bring to the band. So it's, it's not that I'm dying to hear a clean replica of Before These Crowded Streets. Definitely not. But um, I think 
an effort like that shows that the band is extremely capable of putting out some wonderful studio material, and I'm just kind of waiting for another album that, that shows that kind of effort again. Well, uh, well, Matt, I would have to say that probably that's what gave people a lot of hope about this past tour. I think a lot of the songs they heard, although they didn't have that dark nature of Before These Crowded Streets, and, and then to an extent the Lily White Sessions also, didn't have that darkness to them. I think musically and, and the way things came together, it seems like that's the closest thing we've heard like Before These Crowded Streets, just in terms of the way everything was put together. Probably since then. I mean, I don't know if you would say that the 2004 songs were anywhere near that. And I know nobody thinks that Stand Up was anywhere close to that. So I think that's one of the things that, that people really like about this past tour is it's starting to sound a little bit more like the sound that people really got into DMB listening to. You well, know what I mean? The 2004 songs are really, they're odd. Um, Crazy Easy, I was never nuts about. Joyride is Rapunzel sped up. I, nothing in there that really makes me too excited. Uh, Sugar Wills, I think, is a great song. I know, Jake, you were kind of turned off at first, and, and it kind of grew on you, right? Well, it's it just, like I used to say, Sugar Will bore you. I mean, <laughs> lyrically, it was just devoid. There was nothing to it. And that's you know, that's one thing I always I used to say is if you would just take the original lyrics to Raven, stick them in Sugar Will, you got a great song. Right, you know, right. Somebody go pull those out and put it in there. They can make it work. Musically, it was fine. It's just lyrically, it was just a, just a, a mess. There just seemed to be something about something about uh, those songs where the band they almost it almost seemed like they felt forced to put something out that uh, was new, and then there you go. By the next year, uh, they had all but disappeared. And what I think they pulled out uh, Joyride last year. They actually the show that I was at. I can't remember which show it was, but that came out one show. Uh, but, yeah, those old four songs, I don't know. We might see them. We might never see them again. Uh, it was just one of those weird moments where the band kind of would road test some stuff and drop it. And that's what made us nervous about Shotgun, which is why it was such a big deal that it came back at the beginning of this tour, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the one song from 2006 that really stood out. The people just said, wow, this is that masterpiece, that, that dreaming tree or that you never know. This is the next one in that line of songs. And... You know, lyrically, it's, it's kind of gone away in some spots. Dave, you know, Dave naturally changes the lyrics a lot every night. And some of the performances weren't as sharp. M me, personally, I, I think that you got to put back in the line, maybe we should all go dancing. I think that's the greatest line in the entire song, and they got rid of that. And it also drives me nuts that he sings about the avalanche down. Well, yeah, no kidding. The freaking avalanche is going down. Where the hell is the avalanche going to go up? I no, call, but besides I, that, I can live with it. I call you up and you pick up. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> right. Well, I Who's mean, the ad wizard that okayed that well, one? <laughs> the marketing director. Well, back to the Lily White stuff. I mean, you've got, you've got Raven and you've got Gray Street. And uh, another one that really took a big swing to the other direction is Captain, which... Many people thought, you know, a lot of people claim that to be their favorite song off the Lily White Sessions. And now it's kind of, you know, how many times has it been played since it got re-released on buses stuff? Maybe maybe half a dozen times? Maybe that. And, and, you know, it's funny if you if you think back, and I know a lot of people weren't around for the 2001 tour, but in the encore, Captain was teased maybe 10 or 15 times before Dave would start playing the first encore song. He would come out and play a couple of chords of Captain. I think he sang a couple of lyrics from it a couple of times. Everybody thought, hey, this is going to be the song that's going to come back. And then 
Captain Disappears. Well, I like the upbeat version. It's it's definitely a different take on it, which, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I actually long for the, uh, the the Dave and Tim version of uh, Captain, which is known as Crazy. Uh, I don't know if Tim was lending a hand in the, the writing of some songs back then, but it seemed like Dave was really putting out some decent material, and Crazy was just such a cool tune. And I was real excited when, when Steve used to post on the uh, band's website about he'd get some studio updates and the fact that, oh yeah, we're calling it Captain now. That was such an exciting time, and I don't know. The Lily White Session you, version was great, but the, the busted stuff, the even though it's different, uh, it's it was kind of a, a sad fate for it to suffer. It, it really was. Now you're giving me flashbacks to uh, to the 97 Dave and Tim tour. That was uh, I was at that Providence show when they had the uh, the run of, I, I don't remember the exact order, but Little Thing, Captain, and Deed is Done. And well, obviously it was crazy then, and Deed is Done. It's like the greatest three song run in the history of any Dave and Tim show. And that was that that evil, evil Deed is Done that was just phenomenal. It's one of the greatest shows ever. That is pretty solid. Now, Deed is Done made a. Didn't it make an appearance right before Spoon on the, Before These Kind of Streets? Was it? Was that the, the, uh, the little jam track? Oh, boy, oh, boy. God, I haven't listened to that album in a long time. I think it was um, I think it was at the end of Pig, right before Spoon. Yeah, I think you're right. That was kind of the, the same sound to it. Yeah, that's well, that's another song that just, oh, how that thing went away is beyond me. That was such a great song. Yeah, well, there's, there's plenty of them back there that seem to kind of go away, and, you know, it, it gives you hope that maybe they'll come back out, like Stefan with his poll this year, but, well, Blue Water, did Blue yeah. Water win that poll? Yeah, I think it did, boy, and I love the time when they played it. I think they played that on July 33rd, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, the 33rd, that was, uh, the 733 2007 version was amazing. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Good job, buddy, Stefan. Nice poll. <laughs> well, I mean, if they don't want to play it, they don't want to play it. I, it's, you know, they're right. But at the same time, you put a poll up, uh, you kind of expect a rare song like that to be the winner, of course, because the online community is so plugged into that kind of stuff and, and clamoring for some rare songs, and you don't play it, it you know, you kind of deserve to get razzled a little bit, I would think. Hey, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I don't understand that at all. I, you know, I mentioned that before. If you're going to put a poll up, you're going to ask people what they want to hear, you're going to have to play it at least once, do something with it. I would think so. All right, Jake, well, uh, I know you had a few opinions. Uh, a lot of people, live tracks is the... Uh, the story of the day, basically, in terms of what uh, what shows are being chosen, and and the fact that you know this isn't uh, live tracks isn't a, a time limited thing. You're going to see dozens and dozens of these uh, volumes come out, and and I was told by management that they hope you know they they'd love to put four out a year. So it's not like they're going to release one every year for the next ten years. I, they hope to have you know fifty or more by I don't know. I would say within the next. Uh, five to six years I would think so Jake let's talk about you have a little bit of information about the selection process and how they pick shows and how they go about getting releases together yeah Matt you know that's one thing I, I had a conversation with some people that are kind of in the know and and have a, an awareness of, of how things are put together and one thing you're gonna have to look at is the show is essentially gonna have to be quote-unquote perfect you know Dave makes some mistakes here and there lyrically. You might, you know, somebody might play a wrong note, hit the wrong key. You're not probably going to see any show like that get released. You know, the show could be phenomenal, but one wrong note could throw off the entire system. So keep that in mind when you're thinking of live shows. 
And then for the older shows, something that we all really want to hear, you have to remember that back in the old days, especially 92, 93, they were only recording on a two-track system as opposed to now every band member has their own track. If you're familiar with the sound recording, it's, it's like a big giant mixing board and, you know, Dave's lyrics are on number one, his guitar's on number two, you know, Carter's on three and so right, on and right. so forth. So everybody can just kind of be mixed through and you can mix it all up and all around. So that's the big thing is the old tracks are only two track recordings. So it's a little more difficult to get the sound, that great quality that you're looking for that all the other live tracks are. So that's going to hurt you tremendously in the older shows. And uh, Jake, good job out of you keeping focus while the kids are in the background screaming. I got to give you some serious credit for that. They they are they are going at it Compton style right now. <laughs> this is just this is a triple X throwdown. Well, I think a lot of people would normally say, you know what? I don't care if it's two tracks. Uh, I just want to hear these shows. But then again, back in '93, '94, the shows that they would release as the live tracks are most likely uh, out there in soundboard form anyway. So. You wouldn't see, you know, you, you would obviously see a better quality than, than any tape came off the board from a taper, but um, probably not as big a jump. That being said, I don't think they'd sell any less. I think, in fact, a a, uh, a good record, you know, good uh, mix of a show from back in '93, so to speak, I think would sell probably better than anything out there so far. I, I would think so, and there's still a lot of shows out there that they have that we, the fans, don't have. There are plenty of shows like that. There's a lot of shows in early 94 that we still don't have. There's a, a run through tracks in Flood Zone in the midsummer of 93 that we still don't have. So, there's, you know, there's still stuff out there that they could find and release and people would get it. So are you all right over there, Jake? Apparently Rory has poured water on Reese. That's the big dilemma of the day. The, the question is, where is the wife? Oh, she's asleep. Come on, it's nine thirty. For oh, God's sakes. Oh, I see. That's I see. that's that's late around here. Well, I think this is time for a little duct tape discipline. I don't know about you. <laughs> I have to find the duct tape. All right. So there's two things that'll survive a nuclear war: duct tape and cockroaches. <laughs> well, so for the four listeners out there, let us uh, preemptively apologize for Jake's children. Uh, it's it's his own fault for being such a stallion in bed that uh, he can't help but pop out a few. You know they are tax deductible. Well, you know. You gotta love that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that's with the live tracks. We were hoping to have a um, a sample track from Lisbon for you this time around, but apparently MySpace is the band's venue of choice for communicating with the, with the fans. So if you know that is their right, so uh, hit them up on MySpace if you want to hear some previews from the tracks in Lisbon. Um, uh, one thing I want to and Matt. Yeah, Matt. If I may, if I just may mention, you know, I, I know a lot of people are taken off by this release because you know it's another 2007 show and blah blah blah. But really, th- the goal of the show clearly was to get a European audience. This show, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's really not for us. No, you're it's absolutely not. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, pe- people here are still going to buy it. It's it's not a bad show, but the purpose of the show is to get an audience in Europe, and that's essentially what it is. So I, I understand everybody getting worked up, but that's what it comes down to. Well, you're seeing that with the touring, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're trying to build an international base, and I think they're really starting to set down some pretty solid roots. I know they're they're starting to get big in Australia, uh, and I guess from what I hear, uh, obviously I wasn't at the Lisbon show, but uh, the crowd was just 
absolutely into it, even more so than an American crowd would be on a typical night. And, you know, that's that's great for the band. I mean, that's got to be a great feeling to travel outside your own country and have 12,000 people going absolutely ballistic to all your music when, you know, they're not. I mean, imagine if uh, a German band came over. I mean, you would not see that same reaction. And we're not talking about uh, Coldplay or Elton John or, you know, any of these, even Radiohead. You're not talking about a British band who's, you know, same kind of culture. I mean, you're talking about a completely different culture, completely different type of music, and uh, for them to have that kind of reaction, I'm sure it was really special, and it's it's a doubly good. They were probably very happy to put that kind of show out uh, as a release with the crowd noise, how it is, and the energy that they played with. Plus, you get to put a release out from a different country and kind of you know enlarge that uh, section of your audience. Right. You know, I, I haven't listened to the clip yet because I'm not a 13 year old girl, so I'm not on MySpace. But <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure that when you hear the crowd in the background, you're going to realize that. The reason they put this out is, is, like I was saying, for the European people to give them the, a sense and a feel of how crazy the crowd went there in Lisbon. And, and I think it's going to work out well for them, I think. And that reminds me is that we still have the live tracks voting feature on the site that will be there indefinitely. Uh, just browse to Tour Central, uh, find some shows you think that you would buy if they were released as a live tracks, and uh, click the live tracks vote button. And you can vote for multiple shows. And all we ask is that if you're going to vote for something, make it be something that you would genuinely buy if you were to, uh, if it was to be released as a live tracks. But right now we've got about 10,000 votes in total. That's not going to cut it, guys. Uh, we're we're going to have to talk about the tens of thousands uh, before we can bring this to management and say, hey, look, we've got some uh, some serious demand for some of these shows. So th- the one thing that's good and bad is that we've got a massive uh, range of votes. I mean, like I said, we have. Almost 10,000 votes, and I think the top vote-getting show is is no more than like four or 500 votes, which is good for the spread, but it's bad because you can't take it to management and say, hey, this show has 500 votes, sell it. You know, who cares? What's 500 copies? Exactly, yeah, and, and it's also going to have to be a show that's it's probably going to have to stand out among other shows as well. Absolutely. And- you know, it's it's not going to be the the most popular show by twenty votes. It's going to have to be the most popular show out there. And, and uh, you know, it, there's there's a couple of shows that stand out. That's for sure. Well, people say, you know, why don't you release the the results from the voting? We might do that in due time. But right now, you know, we don't want a show to get popular because it's a bandwagon jumper. You know, we want a show to get popular because. You know, it has. We want it to get popular under its own merit, basically, and not because, well, it's in the lead. I might as well vote for it to kind of make a statement. No, I mean, we want the, the community to vote as they would in a blind test, and uh, to see how it comes out. That way, the results aren't skewed for any particular reason. So, to answer that, we we might put it out eventually, the uh, the results, but probably when it's closer to um, being pretty uh, pretty determined in the in the results. Exactly. Yeah. Once we get a lot further down the line, then we'll deal with giving you an idea of, of what like the top couple shows are here and there. Yep. Yep. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about too, Jake. Um, we had a couple questions on BitTorrent. Uh, we have some pretty detailed uh, documentation on it on the site. But one thing that I wanted to make a point on was the seeding. A lot of people don't seem to understand uh, after you've downloaded a show, what do they have to do to seed to share the show. And some people are actually actually recreating the torrent file and re-uploading it after they've downloaded the show. Totally not necessary. If you've downloaded the show and then it's complete, just leave it. Don't do anything. You leave your BitTorrent program open and then you will automatically begin to share it. You don't have to create anything. From that point on, you've already downloaded the show 
and now you are sharing that show. And as lo the longer you leave that BitTorrent program open that you're running, in, in my case, uTorrent, the longer you leave that running, the more you'll share and the more your ratio will increase. So that's good. So I appreciate you guys mailing in. Uh, it's, it's really good to see people uh, asking questions about sharing and not just asking questions about getting it themselves. So it really says a lot about our community, the fact that uh, we have so many seeds for so many shows that have been up for such a long time. It's it's not just a hop on and get off thing at all. The people are are very good about uh, giving back what they've already what they've already downloaded. Exactly. And one other thing, Matt, which which you showed me, especially on the uTorrent, if you're a little computer illiterate like I am, uh, uTorrent actually has a feature where you can make the setting a little less. Because if you're seeding off, you know, fifteen, sixteen shows, your computer uh, could run a little slow. Well, you can just make that. Uh, speed a little lower it's in the preferences yes. settings yes. and you showed me that little trick and it's fine and I, I mean I've got about 60 shows I think that I'm seeding out so and my computer runs fine well, obviously it's fine enough to do something like this well everybody you know you have a finite amount of data that you can send per second on your internet connection and the nice thing about uTorrent Jake what you're talking about you're right is a scheduler so let's say you leave uTorrent open all the time so you can constantly share the music you can actually schedule hours where the uTorrent client can send as much data as your connection will allow. And then you can set it back to, let's say, the hours at your home and you're surfing or downloading on the web. You can back down the amount of bandwidth that uTorrent can use. So you can still share the music, but you can go ahead with your web browsing and all that other stuff, YouTube and everything else, and it won't interfere with it. So it's a really nice feature, and that's a good point, Jake. Way to bring that up. Thank you. Every once in a while I pull one out. Well, you know, you're not as... Never mind. I won't even go there. I won't even go there. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm, I'm computer illiterate. I, I laugh when people send me emails or private messages asking me technical questions about the site. I mean, you couldn't send that to the more wrong person if you tried. <laughs> well, it's funny because Jake and I, uh, we were using iChat, which is just basically the Mac front end for instant mess AOL Instant Messenger, and Jake's using a PCM on a Mac. Uh, in the last few podcasts, you know... I haven't been exactly excited with the quality, so we were looking for something different, and somebody mentioned, hey, why don't you use Skype to, uh, to, to record your call? We tested it out, and it sounded like we were in the same room with each other. It sounded fantastic. So uh, we gave it a shot, and the problem is, you know, recording the Skype calls. And we ran into some issues here and there. Uh, so this is like our 14th try tonight, and we almost gave up a few times. So, But we missed it last week because of... Uh, some difficulties with the uh, the computer here, so we didn't want to miss it two weeks in a row. So we kind of fought through the difficulties and uh, got it together. We want to thank the guy. I can't remember his name, but the guy who um, recommended Skype because the quality. Again, I think you guys will find that the show sounds a lot better, and uh, it sounds a lot better to Jake and I too. And there's no there's no quality issues or dropouts that we have to worry about, which is nice. Which is yes, very nice. So a couple other things. Um, Shirts and stickers are still on sale. They're still selling well. Uh, I hope everyone got their orders. I've sent out the latest batch uh, last week. There's a few more stickers I still need to send out, which I'll take care of uh, Monday or Tuesday. I'm currently digging out my driveway, so that's taking up some time. Um, so those are still on sale. Uh, grab them before they go. Uh, I'm not sure how many more orders we're going to end up filling in terms of uh, refills on the sizes. We might do a... Uh, we might wait until the tour time to, you know, next summer if they tour again to um, to reload. Not really sure, but uh, it's a great gift, especially with Christmas coming up. So grab some stickers, grab some shirts. It's uh, it's cool and it helps support the site and keep this thing going. 
Uh, it Jake, is the gift that keeps on giving, yeah. Absolutely. Jake, you got anything else? Yeah, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, the, the Atlanta show is going to be on television on the Peachtree channel, whatever the heck that is, because uh, the original, I got, I got a copy of the press release, and it made it sound like that was TBS, the old station that shows Andy Griffith and the Braves perpetually. <laughs> and I thought that was the channel, but apparently it's not. I just checked the listings and didn't see it listed. So I have no idea where it is, but it is going to be on the 24th on the Peachtree channel. So I'm sure it'll eventually make it on someplace else. They're selling the DVD and the CD during the telecast and also on the official band site, the DaveMatthewsBand.com will be selling it for a limited time. Check your local listings. Oh, we got more violence. Well, I think it's probably a good time to sign off. We want to thank you for listening to the fourth episode of the AntsMarching.org podcast. And maybe we'll be back next week with Joe if he uh, doesn't have an emergency on his hands. As he off time does, yes. All right, Jake, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Matthew. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks to all the listeners. We'll see you later. <laughs>